This episode of the Sport Lifestyle Podcast is presented by Empirica. That's Empirica, E-M-P-I-R-I-K-A. Empirica exists to amplify your brand's growth. A digital partner to the ambitious, the creative engine launching brands and igniting growth. The unagency where relationships matter, not transactions. Let's connect at EmpiricaMedia.com. That's EmpiricaMedia.com. Let's get the show started. This is the Sport Lifestyle Podcast, where the trade of sport collides with fashion and innovation. Your hosts, Mike Gugat, Neil Schwartz, and John Peters, break down news, discuss trends, and interview industry influencers. The Sport Lifestyle Podcast is on now. Hi. And welcome back to the Sport Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, John Peters. And on this episode, we speak to Joe DeSena, founder and CEO of Spartan, the global leader in obstacle course races. Spartan is responsible for hosting over 300 events spanning across 45 countries to date. So just like many others, they felt the business impact of COVID-19. As you can tell from this interview, Joe is one of the most passionate executives you will find about health. He spoke about his decision to relaunch Spartan Race in Florida and how the internet reacted to that decision. Joe made an important point around listening to both sides of any argument to find the truth. His passion for health bleeds through on this interview, and he also explains why health span is just as, if not more important than lifespan, and why companies ultimately don't last. We hope you enjoy this candid conversation. Now let's get to Joe. Our guest today is the CEO of Spartan Race, Joe DeSena. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that uh, somebody wants to talk to me. <laughs> we'll get to the reason why in just a second. Actually, why don't we just start there? So, so Joe, you're CEO of Spartan Race. Uh, you just hit a 10-year milestone for naming the, the, the company. Everyone knows the story, the global brand story, but what they may have missed in the past couple of days here is how Twitter and the internet seems to uh, overreact to everything. So, so let's get the record straight. What did you say? Do you regret it? And, and what do you want to tell people today if, if they heard it? You know, first of all, um, I think an awesome attribute to have in life is the ability to hear the other side. Um, last week, before I, before I answer that question more succinctly, last week um, I had this accidental experiment occur. Uh, we do a, a 5.30 a.m. warrior call. Everybody's welcome to it. It takes place across like 40 countries. We've been doing it since the uh, pandemic started. 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Scientists, doctors, financial gurus, people like yourself join in. And so I've had the, the ability to listen to everything going on in the world. I've been sourcing my news that way seven days a week. And I've drawn conclusions, correct or incorrect conclusions. I've drawn opinions, correct or incorrect. But from this, from this call, they've, they've in, in, emboldened me uh, to have you know, strong opinions. Anyway, last week, uh, one of the top doctors um, from, from middle America who helps run uh, Henry Ford Medical Center out of uh, Detroit um, had a bit of a, a meltdown in a good way. He was explaining some stuff to us. And at the end of that call, I had an opinion on what I heard. And I talked to six other people that were on the call. Every one of us had a different opinion of what they heard him say. And we all saw the same exact human being. We all heard the same exact words. And it was like, I said to, to my buddy here, John, who's on lockdown with me, I said, oh my God, I remember talking about that in psychology class at, you know, at school, but it is, I, it wasn't even like we read the words and misinterpreted it. We, we, we spoke to, we were, 
we were listening to him. We all heard different things based on our own life experiences and, and, and things that we were over-indexing on in our lives. And so, um, so to your point, last week, um, we announced, I think last week or the week before we announced we're putting on the first race pretty much globally, um, mass participatory event in Jacksonville, Florida. The governor reached out to us. We're businesses back on. We want Spartan. You got to remember, we shut down 325 events across 45 countries. So that's a phone call we take because, and, and we can get into why. And okay, governor, you know, what are the standards that, you know, what, what are the rules? Gives us the rules. I'm not blowing smoke. Our team is so friggin' unbelievable because this is what they do for a living. This is what we've been doing for 20 years, not 10 years. And, and we, we do it around the globe. I don't even know how the hell they do it, but my team just does it. They're amazing. And, um, and so if these are the standards, we're going to take it to here because if we could set a gold standard for putting on events again, and all of a sudden the 50,000, listen to this number, the 50,000 events around the world that are closed down and, and the 10,000 event operators that are going out of business um, because we can't put on events, uh, if they could all of a sudden feel comfortable and governments, local and otherwise, could start to say, oh my God, Spartan did it. It was safe. It was good. Um, we, we're, we can go back in the water. Um, that, would be, that would be an absolute home run for everybody. But the thing I'm really passionate about is not, it's not even the event operators. It's not even uh, events come back. It's not even the local governments that need that, that money to stay alive. What I'm most interested in, the thing I'm most passionate about, and if anybody who doesn't know this uh, clearly doesn't know me, it's human beings are motivated by the lack, avoidance of discomfort. They just don't want to get uncomfortable. And that's what's kept us alive as a species. We don't fall off cliffs. We don't get eaten by lions. We don't sleep out in the cold. We avoid discomfort. We don't even know we're doing it. We do it subconsciously. And what an event does, what we've been doing for 20 years, is getting people to go to bed earlier, to wake up earlier, to eat healthier food, you know, more salad, take cold showers, do more burpees. Because when there's a date on the calendar, when you have an event lined up, all of a sudden your life changes. Oh my God, this event is coming. I got to start training. I start waking up with my friends. Don't eat that cookie. Uh, I better start taking cold showers. I better do burpees. And so that's the reason I want to get events going again, because, because physical activity is down 75%. Screen time's up 300%. Uh, the very thing that I've been messaging for 20 years, get the fuck off the couch, get outside. Everybody's on the couch. They, they order two couches. They probably, everybody probably ordered an extra couch from Amazon. They're doing two memberships to Netflix. They're eating, nobody's socially distancing from the refrigerator. So, so if you're me and you're really passionate about that, I'm pretty friggin' stressed out. Like, like the UK, again, I got it on our morning phone call. The UK opened up a suicide, a potential suicide prevention hotline. You know how many people called in? 500,000. Okay. So like, so like, should we be responsible? Should we wear PPE? Should we keep socially distanced? Absolutely. But if we don't get people outside the house, off the couch, away from the refrigerators and moving again, there is a potential real long-term problem that is much bigger than the one we're talking about. So I mentioned, I mentioned on an interview that we're going to hold this race, that I'm not scared of dying. And I, it's more important for me to get people moving and get people going again and get back in the water. And that, you know, the internet broke, they went crazy. 
Um, this is ridiculous. You're insensitive. And I get, by the way, I get the other side. The other side of the argument is, Joe, how could you say that? We look up to you and you are acting insensitive to those that perished. I, my bad. I'm like, I'm, actually, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that. What I was thinking about was our future. I was thinking like, that's the past. Pe people die and it's terrible. I don't want, I lost my mom. I lost my dad. I lost all kinds of people around me throughout my life. And um, that's the deal. Three million Americans die every year. Like uh, we send people to war, they die. And I don't, I don't want to seem like uh, crass or anything, but like, I can't do anything about that. What I can do is, is get people to stop dying going forward. And, and I know one thing, um, if I can get everybody healthy, they don't have to be ripped. They don't have to look like Gerard Butler in 300, but if I can get everybody healthy and eating salad and doing burpees. We got a chance that we could build some kind of herd immunity beyond just having the antibodies. Like, like we're a pretty um, weak society. I mean, I one thing you, you know, right? you're, you're describing a lifestyle, right? There's a lifestyle that comes with Life what it is. That, yeah. And, and, and you know, something my wife gleaned the other day from a conversation with a cancer survivor was this concept of living between the dash or living the dash. Yeah. So if you think on a tombstone, you've got, you've got the dates that are, you know, but you don't know what that other date's going to be. Right. How are you going to live your dash? There's, a, there's even a more elegant way to say it that I've been, I've been using. I used it, it when, when everybody um, went up in arms. Uh, forget about lifespan. Let's talk about health span. I watched my dad die for 20 years, okay? Because, because he chose to eat cannolis and raviolis and not move and... And um, I have a friend who's on lockdown with me who was a 2008 Olympian, Olympic wrestler, trained his whole life. His dad, I see him doing the Zooms. He's yelling at his dad every night, I don't understand, dad. You're not moving, you're not taking care of yourself. So in this, especially in this country, we, we um, because of, of the great medical infrastructure we have and the super doctors and super drugs, we can keep people alive for a long time. Uh, even though they're not taking care of themselves. And so, and so those poor lifestyle choices, I'm sorry, I'm really passionate about this. Those poor lifestyle choices are clogging up the hospitals, right? And, and, and when we look at the country as a whole, uh, we've got 60 million people, 60 fucking million people that are um, at risk because they're obese, um, whatever they are, 60 million people. Um, our medical infrastructure can't handle 60 million people. So you gotta, you, you gotta shut the whole country down. Uh, because most, most healthy people, you may, get, you may get a person here or there that's gonna get the virus and get sick and, and, they, and they seemingly from the outside look extremely healthy. And uh, that's just the reality. Some people walk across the street, and get hit by a car. Um, but, but the bulk of people, the bulk of people are, are elderly, immunocompromised, obese, um, and, and many of those issues can be solved uh, with lifestyle, proper lifestyle choices. Yeah, yeah. Quality of life is a mindset. Yeah, exactly. Joe, Joe I want to you so much to unpack uh, really quickly. So, so on the uh, personal bias, it's really hard to do, right? You hear something on CNN or whatever, and you, you flip to Fox, and it's like the exact opposite, right? It's crazy. And so uh, I, I, Ray Dalio talks a lot about this. He wrote a book called Principles, which is, is awesome. I know, I know the book, yeah. And uh, I, I, I want to go back 10 years ago because you just had your anniversary of changing the name to Spartan Race. And as a manager, as an executive, as a CEO of, of the company, 
how do you challenge yourself, right? Like this happened to retail that nobody wanted to adopt Amazon and the internet and they believe that'd never be a thing. So how do you challenge yourself as a CEO in making decisions for the company? Challenge myself to, to have more of an open mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I walk through Google's campus and they have a giant dinosaur at Google and it's to remind them to not go extinct the way of the dinosaur. And then I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a history buff and I, you know, a very, very small percentage of Fortune 500 companies that were around in the 1950s still exist today. Companies don't last. They don't last. Um, try, try to think how many companies are around from 100 years. There's not that many, not many companies because, because of Darwin's theory, right? It's not the strong. It's not the smart. It's the most agile that survive. And so as a company, it's very uncomfortable for the staff. It's very hard for a company to do. You never have enough resources to do it, but you got to be constantly kind of changing with the environment because the environment changes. So we haven't, we haven't been great at it in the sense that when COVID hit, we didn't have a massive uh, content business. We didn't have a massive merchandise business or a massive nutrition business or anything. These were all things we were working on and they were nascent. Um, but they weren't, they weren't big enough to, to withstand the shock. Um, but, but the good news, and I'm, a pretty, I'm an optimistic guy, the good news is um, it kicked us in the ass. And so we're getting after it and we're doing it as fast as we can uh, because we don't want to die. Um, and it's making, us all, it's making us all better. By the way, it would be boring if stuff like this didn't happen. Life would be boring. It'd be too easy. I love it. I love it. And, and maybe, uh, Joe, just some thoughts on technology. Obviously, there's a lot of sensors on stuff. And my, my biggest complaint about technology is there's a lot of uh, solutions looking for problems. It's not clear that putting a sensor on somebody's body will gamify it. And well, it will gamify it, but it won't get them off their ass, as you would probably say. Um, any thoughts on technology and how you look at that at, at Spartan? First of all, it's going to sound self-serving. It's not. Well, let's just repeat the sentence one more time. There is nothing, when, when you're talking about making it scalable, there is nothing that gets people moving. Not a gym membership, not a New Year's resolution, um, nothing like signing up for an event. It's the only thing that, get, and if you don't believe me, just think, think when you were at college and the professor says, this is due on Friday. <laughs> like, as soon as he says it's due on Friday, you actually do the work. But if he said, if, if, if instead he said, hey, here's this beautiful library, go do the work, that'd be like a gym. Like, you might go, you might not, you might go party with your friends. Like, just doesn't work otherwise. There has to be a date on the calendar and, and you gotta, you've got to have your um, reputation on the line. Like, shit, I don't want to show up to this thing and like, look like an idiot. I got to get through this. Um, from a technology standpoint, what, what dovetails nicely into that and it's very expensive for us to do, uh, but we made the decision very early on, is, is the, simp the simple act of timing the individual. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people would say, well, I don't want to be timed. It's not a race or whatever. Uh, my wife said the same thing. We did the New York Marathon together. I don't care what time it is. As soon as we came across line, I can't believe we didn't beat that time. I said, you told me you didn't care about the time. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> so, so people do care uh, about the time and timing helps. I think where technology can play an incredible role is by giving us feedback when we're out there performing. Like, like um, what, what does my hydration level look like? What does my sugar levels look like? Am I burning fat? And I know there's a lot of advancements um, 
in, in those areas. Yeah. Uh, Joe, kind of want to take a step back, 10,000 foot view maybe of our, of your, your space, right? So, so the events business you're playing in, uh, capital markets, you know, uh, you probably know this advanced, you know, they acquired Ironman uh, from the Wanda Sports I, Group. Not done yet, I don't think. Oh, is it not? Okay. I don't think, well, I don't think it closed yet. I heard it closed in June. Okay. Oh, well, I better make sure it's public uh, before we produce this, but we'll double check on that one. Um, so, so I guess the health of the endurance. It's public, it's public and fine for you to talk about. I just don't believe it closed yet. Okay. All right. I think it was SI Newhouse, right? That was buying it, I, I believe. Um, um, it, no, you just, you mentioned the name. You just said the name. Um, Advance. Advance. Oh, Advance. Yeah, yeah. The, that's right. That's the family office. Um, any thoughts on just like the health of the industry? Forget COVID for a second, but what's the future of, of the industry? We, we are all at this moment in time. I assume I'm allowed to use um, difficult language here. We're all we, fucked. We're completely fucked. I mean, I mean, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. So, you know, if you have an enormous amount of cash in the bank, um, you can withstand this shock. Um, but if you're, if you're a large company like we are in the sense that we're spanning 45 countries with all these employees, like, fuck. And so, and so we'll be fine, ultimately. Events aren't going away. Um, it, it, I get too many emails from every corner of the world on a daily basis, including today, that um, you changed my life. I'm back with my husband. I'm back with my, my wife. I gave up drinking. I gave up alcohol. I quit my job and started a business every single day, all day for 20 years. So um, events, events change my life. And, 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 and the reason is change only happens under pressure. So unless you're doing something hard, carrying a sandbag up a mountain, learning a new language, uh, whatever it is, uh, you're not changing. So with that constant change that's required, you know, and, and everybody these days is using the word pivot, but how are you bringing your community together? Clearly more of your events are going to come back online. How are you, uh, how are you speaking to your community? We went, we went content crazy. Um, my, our marketing team is incredible and, and, uh, we pivoted immediately and just, and just went all in on content. We said, we said there are three things to do during this mess. Uh, number one, protect whatever liquidity we have, uh, protect the eggs, <laughs> protect the eggs. And then, um, number two, let's protect our staff, even though we got to furlough 75% of the staff, because we're not putting on events, we got to somehow embrace them. Keep, keep our spend going with healthcare, which is a giant monthly spend, but we, we have to protect our people. And then we gotta make sure we're in contact with our customers, uh, even though we're not gonna have events. And so that became a content play. And um, we completely locked down with a bunch of people in this barn, you can see it. Um, and it became our studio. And so my wife lost her mind because um, we're, you know, we're, cooking for, we're cooking for a bunch of people here for the last 60 plus days. Um, but we're editing, we're filming, we're creating, we're pissing people off, we're making some people happy, and we're doing what we can do. That's awesome. Joe, we'll get you out of here on, on one more thing kind of related to, to, to your employees and internal. If I were a fly on the wall, what, uh, what did you say right when this happened to your, your staff, and, and how did you manage that? I'm, I'm curious. Well, there, there, if you don't mind putting a link in, um, we filmed. I'm, 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 um, crazy enough to have cameras around all the time. 
So there happened to be cameras around with me uh, the week before this happened because I was going to Sparta, Greece. So we filmed that train wreck. And, and you could put the link in if, if, if you feel comfortable and you could show people, but I wasn't a believer. I am so optimistic of, of, of an individual. I sat on a trading desk for so long and I've been through, you know, uh, the 90s recession, the, the Russian uh, bond crisis, the 2001 bubble, the 2000, go down the list, 9-11, um, everything bounces back. So I heard about the virus. We shut down China, no big deal. Shut down Japan, no big deal. Shut down Italy, no big deal. Still 42 countries operating. This will be fine. No. And my guys and, and gals on Wall Street, my old friends called me, I, I swear to God, probably late February and said to me, it's not even believable, okay? Um, New York's gonna be the hardest hit. This is late February. New York's gonna be the hardest hit. Gonna shut down the country. Um, you're gonna have to shut down your events. Around May 4th, things will start to get better. This is late February. I'm literally on the phone and I'm saying, you're out of your mind. You guys are, you guys are sitting on trading desks. You're such negative Nellies. Everything they said was right. And so, and so I have no idea how, how they, they're like leprechauns, how they, how they, how they knew this. But, but and I spoke to a few people in, in the Spartan business who are not you know, financial people. And I remember getting off the call late February saying to them, well, I just got this call and I can't be, but if that were to happen, we're going to have to make some changes in, you know, our financials and so forth. And everything they said happened. Um, yeah. Wow. That, well, that would be a good, uh, maybe revisit down the road to think about, you know, when you hear something that challenges your beliefs, maybe you take a step back and try to process it. But this one was crazy. Nobody could have, you know, I don't know how those leprechauns did it. It's crazy. Um, I had friends on wall street after that phone call saying, Joe, cause I lived in Asia for a while. Joe, could you put me on, on the phone with so-and-so in Asia? Could you put me on the phone with this? I want to talk to them. I'm really worried about this virus. And I was like, oh my God, more people talking about this silly virus. <laughs> they were so right. I was so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't the only one. I think that's 99% of America. So, But the um, fact you can admit it and then have the optimism to lead through this is, is really appreciated. And we appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for having me. Thanks cool. for having awesome me. Stuff. Thanks, Joe. All right. See ya. You can subscribe to this podcast on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, play hard or at least look good doing it.